0: Hello, friends, and welcome to another RobCast. This is RobCast 138, and this one is called The Thing in the Air. And this is actually part one, because we need to talk about the thing in the air, don't we? <laughs> oh, man, it's been a while since I did one of these. Um, I finished a tour the end of November, and I was, uh, I was a tired man. And so I, I went off the grid, and because you guess sometimes you have to end one season before another one can start and uh kind of the way that my work works the way that my work works is there's output there's books and tours and podcasts there's all this content shows and then uh I have to go off the grid and stop talking Mm -hmm. and just listen and uh so I've sort of I've been way off the grid um lots of surfing Lots of silence, lots, actually, lots of silence, reading, listening, um, so uh, but now we're back in the game don't call it a comeback we've been here for years, um, and all sorts of interesting changes in in uh, in the bell house. My wife, Kristen, starting in January, has gone back to school um, she did a master's when we were first married, but then she has some uh some new work she's doing, and the first step was getting another master's. So she went back to school. Like, I literally stood in the driveway and waved as she drove off to her first class. Like, it's, that uh, this girl is on fire. So after 22 years of marriage, there's been, like, this big shift, like this energetic shift where I'm, uh, my first question is how, Um, how do we get her what she needs to do her work in the world? And, um, it's so exciting. So I'm like in Mr. Mom, like I'm that guy. I'm literally chatting up the people at Whole Foods in the gluten-free aisle. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I love it. I love it. And I'm so happy for her and I'm so proud of her. And, uh, I'm holding down the fort and, uh, oh, by the way, if you hear some interesting noises during this episode... Um, our daughter goes to a dance studio in the neighborhood and I'm going to tell them about your dance. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She goes to this (laughs) dance studio, like does hip hop and jazz and all that. But she also does something called circus, which is, um, part of circus is the silks, which are these two strips of silk. You may have seen like in Cirque Soleil where these two strips hang from the ceiling and then you like wrap your legs around them and you go up them and down them and you hang upside down. And it's, uh, it's it's actually really, really impressive and and beautiful to watch. But uh, our, our daughter has been doing a lot with the silks. And so for Christmas, we had silks installed in our back house. So if you hear any interesting noises during this, um, is it a show? <laughs> during this episode, she just goes, show. Um, if you hear any interesting noises, it's because I have a seven-year-old girl up above my head and behind me just a little bit hanging upside down and twirling and doing all sorts of things, which adds, uh, you know, so that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here. We're in the back house, but things are just slightly different. And I couldn't love it more. And, uh, you know, I was doing a wisdom series last year, because there's this difference between wisdom and intelligence. Wisdom is not the same as the IQ. Wisdom is not the same as whatever grades you got in school. And wisdom is actually a, it's like an ancient art form, almost. It's a way of being in the world and understanding how the world works. And uh, we need wisdom more than ever, actually. And there's no ceiling on wisdom, by the way. And uh, so we're going to get back to that wisdom series because we still have to talk about alternative wisdom, which I also call gospel wisdom. And then we have to talk about wisdom after wisdom, which, was, which is another dimension of the wisdom tradition, which um, I'm telling you, when you see it, you'll just be like, it's Oh, my word, life-changing. But right now, this episode, we need to do a few weeks, and we need to talk about the thing in the air. Um, because, well, since I r- recorded one of these end of November, we've, we have a new president, and we have a new thing in the air, and it's affecting people in all these different ways. And so, so first off, let me just say, for those of you who have been freaking out recently, um, wondering if this is the apocalypse, Uh, Maybe you have a low level or a high level of anxiety. Maybe you've had conversations with people where they said things where you're like, what, am I insane? Or you've just watched the news and been like, am I living in the movie Idiocracy? Like what? Or how many of you have said like, it's like a reality show, only it's not a show. It's actually reality. What, what? And then some of you have just been, you know, Melania blink twice if you want us to save you. (laughs) Like, what is, what is, what? Um, So, (laughs) uh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk, for a couple of weeks, we need to address this, because it has profound spiritual implications. And uh, so, so we're going to talk about the thing in the air, and I want to talk about counter narrative, and I want to talk about uh, masculine energy run amok, and the sacred feminine. We have lots of ground we need to cover in the next few weeks. Um, Because, and I want to give you a couple of ways to understand what's happening in the world right now, because uh, maybe you're just furious, maybe you're angry, maybe you are on the warpath, maybe you're bewildered, maybe you're confused. Um, There's also something awesome happening in the midst of all this, And, and, and part of spiritual wisdom is when everything looks like it's about to fall apart, there's always an underside, and... Um, that's where the interesting things are happening. So we're going to talk about that. Um, so first, I want to give you an image. And the image I want to give you is that of a body. So if you're driving down the road, if you're doing some dishes, uh, if you're working out, you probably don't have access to a pen and paper. If you do have pen and paper, I would write a, write a stick figure in the middle of a piece of paper or a, or, or a notepad or something. Um, and obviously, a stick figure is about the lowest level of artistic expression. I get that. It's about all I can do. Um, but I want to give you this image of a stick figure because I want to talk about your body. Because your body, and then we're going to move from your body to our body. And then I want to offer just a few ways to understand how, how this is a lens through which we can understand what's happening around us. So first, um, you have a body. Your body is made of systems. Systems. So endocrine, immune, uh, skeletal, your body is made of these systems, but the systems that make up your body are made of smaller cells. Cells form systems, but those cells are made of molecules. So in this stick figure drawing, below the stick figure, you write the word systems, Below systems, write the word cells. Below the word cells, you can write the word molecules. And then below the word molecules, going down from top to bottom, you can write the word atoms. And the word atoms, you can write below that the word particles. So you are both a whole person, but you are made of smaller components. And those components are first... uh, Systems, but those systems are made of smaller components and parts called cells. Those cells are made of smaller components and parts called molecules, and it just keeps going down till you get down to subatomic particles, which are essentially bits and pieces and fragments of energy. So, so you are in some total a relation, an interesting relationship, a highly complex, fascinating, interesting, mysterious, exotic relation of relationship of energy. Now These atoms, particles, these bits and pieces that make you you used to make other things and are coming and going from your body and are leaving to go and make other things and people. So the materiality, which is essentially energy and relationship, that the stuff that makes you you That same stuff is what makes all the stuff around you. And you are currently made of stuff that was previously other stuff. And the stuff that makes you will go on to be other stuff. It's all made of the same matter. So the environment is both external and internal to you. So when we talk about the, the environment as if it's a thing that's much separate from us, yes, there are boundaries that make you, you, and me, me. But at a much deeper level, we are made of the same stuff as everything around us. Now, we're going to come back to that in a moment. Secondly, then, in the same way that you on a piece of paper can write systems below that cells below that molecules in the same way that you are made up of these smaller components you are also a smaller component in a larger body so uh well think about it like biologically um we we could talk about uh us being mammals um, being a part of organic life uh, we're featherless bipeds We're part of, like, we could go biologically what we are part of, ecosystems, or you could think about this in a, um, you can think about this in terms of geography, streets make up neighborhoods, neighborhoods make up towns, townships, counties, villages, make up, uh, cities or regions, which make up, uh, states, which make up. Uh, You could say time zones, or you could say nations, or you could say continents or hemispheres. That everything is both made of smaller pieces and parts, and yet is also a smaller part and component in something larger. You could also do this politically. So when you voted in November, you voted at a local precinct. That precinct is part of a larger, what is it, county, township, city, which is part of a larger region, which is part of a state which is part of a nation. So you could with this stick figure drawing you can go down and you can see this body as the largest that is made up of smaller parts but then you can go up and see this body as a small component in that comprises with other bodies to make up something much bigger and more complex. And here's why I say all that. Your body is made of smaller parts. And at the same time, you are a smaller part of a larger body. Now, if I were to say to you, hey, you know what, you have a you have some serious toxins and poisons and disease in your body. You would probably not say to me, not my problem. <laughs> you would probably say, I do. Tell uh, well, Where can I get more information about this? Now, if you said being on being told that there was something horrifically cancerous or toxic in your body, you would probably not say, well, it's not my problem because uh, it is, is. And so when somebody says, not my president, now we can completely reject certain attitudes, perspectives, worldviews, postures, and actions. Nevertheless, uh, unless you leave, and if you happen to be listening to this and you're an American, unless you leave this country and become a citizen somewhere else, you are a citizen of this country, which means you are a part of this body, which means yes he is our president now what is happening the thing in the air is that millions of people right now are waking up to the truth that we are part of a larger body i see what the modern world did is it was so fixated on the individual i think therefore i am me, my dreams. You go after what you want. Nobody defines you. You do what you do. You be all that you can be. Just do it. You, you, you. What happened for so many of us is we were marinated. We were brined. We were slow cooked in a whole worldview that was about the individual. What do you think? What are your dreams? What do you believe? What do you? Where are you going? You, you, you. And... The problem with this is for many of us is we didn't get the rest of the truth, which is we are also a smaller part of a larger body. And what people are waking up to, and it's happening all over the place right now, is that we are part of a larger body, a political body, if you're a citizen of America, called, and if you're a citizen of the world, what's happening in America is obviously having ripple effects. We are waking up to our body. And it is shocking and terrifying and illuminating. And it is creating this massive low level of anxiety, tension. It's it's doing all sorts of things. but But let's just begin with We were raised with such a dominant individualistic view that this, which has been true the whole time for many, is actually a new idea that I am part of a larger body, that my body is made of smaller parts, but that I am a smaller part of a larger body. Now, uh, a couple of things about this waking up. First off, one of the things that we are seeing right now is that lots and lots and lots of us have no idea how our body works. <laughs> now, you know how your body works. You know that if you drink too much, you wake up with a hangover and you're no good the next morning. You know that if you exercise regularly and you eat good food, you feel better. You know, like you, you know a bunch of things about how your body works. But what's happening right now is millions and millions and millions of people are realizing that, that we don't know how our larger body works. For some, it was like, well, Obama said to chill out. He's got this. So we just sort of let certain people take over and let just let, we don't, we don't. Here's an example. Uh, let me just pick one randomly. Okay. How about the uh, education department? How much power does the secretary of education have? What is the budget for uh, education in America? What is the difference between proficiency and growth? What are vouchers? What are the stats on free college tuition? In countries where there is free college tuition, does that make the universities better or weaker? Um, Can common core be enforced by the federal government or is that a decision left up to the states and the the local municipalities like can the president just issue a decree about certain like an executive order about certain things in relation to education or does the education department do that and how does it work how many of you don't actually you're like me i don't know i don't know how much of this works um or a travel ban can the president just do that Can the president just say people from these countries can't come in? And can the president do a travel ban on countries because of terrorism when those countries haven't sent us any terrorists? Uh, And while we're at it, can you build a wall? And if immigration and illegal immigration from Mexico has been declining for the past decade, why would then that be some sort of threat? Or pipelines. What if the people who live on the land where the pipeline was going to be built say, you can't build, can people say that? Can people say, you can't build a pipeline here? And can the federal government just say, yes, we can? Or while we're at it, dear God, help us all. What is the Electoral College and why do we have it? And why in this country can you run for president and get more votes and yet lose? And this has happened multiple times recently. What is the electoral college and why do we have it? And was it for a particular time and set of circumstances and now we should get rid of it? Or is it a really good idea because of some good that it does? Now, obviously, we can all just Google this right now and learn all sorts of things about it. But how many people don't actually know? And so what you're seeing right now is we're realizing, oh, I am part of a body and I don't actually know how it works. And those of you who do, fantastic. We need you more than ever. Or maybe for the first time you're angry and you're like, you're like sending emails and you're calling. Maybe you got cranked up and got a list of phone numbers and started calling politicians and you got voice mailbox is full. Well, then what do you do? And does that even work? Do do, do calls even change things? Or is there some larger game? How do you change the system? Can you just change it in a week? Or is there some larger game you then have to play if you really want to change it? So what's happening right now is millions and millions of people are becoming aware of what's been true the whole time. We have a body. We are part of a political body, and politics is how we arrange our common life together, and our shared common life together is a sacred, holy thing. And we have some toxins and poisons, and we have some disease in our body. But the first step is learning how the body works. So all the energy, all that restless tension, all that stuff that you're... The, the first thing I would say is just do a quick deep dive. If that even, is, a, is, is there such thing as a quick deep dive? I would say, first off, take that energy and use it to become informed. Because the way that people use Twitter to get pres, the presidency is when people aren't informed. And the more you know, the more we're all informed the more insane things are less likely to happen. By the way, side note, one of the central themes of the New Testament, uh, I would say maybe it's the dominant image of the New Testament, is that of a body, of a universal human body. It's called the Christ body, united in the Christ consciousness. It's all of humanity waking up to how we are deeply interdependent, When it comes to caring for our earth, when it comes to justice for the poor, uh, this is our body. This is our blood. Come on, raise your glasses. So good. It's all held together. And so much energy has been spent naming the differences and distinctions when the higher consciousness that all of humanity is being called into is that we are all a body sharing this planet. And this is our body. So so literally for thousands of years, human beings have had these sorts of insights. Like, wait, this, we're, we're all deeply connected. And a toxin over there and a poison over there is my problem. And people are like, that's not my problem. Uh, those people over there, yes, it is. Because we actually, at, at our deepest, are one body of humanity. This is why, by the way, in the New Testament, this body image keeps saying things like, there's no Jew, no Gentile. When they would talk about the Christ consciousness, the Christ about the universal human solidarity, this wasn't just a religious idea. This was an idea about what it means to be human. And when you think about the people who have inspired you the most, think about the people who have truly moved the needle on human history. They were people who always saw a larger cohesion and unity rather than, a, well, at least we're not those people over there. They were always people who moved beyond all of these distinctions and differences and understood that there was another lens through which you could view all of humanity, let alone individual political bodies and nations. And that was, there is a seamless oneness to all of it. It is all held together. This is our body. So, in your frustration, in your anger, when you hear another Fox News headline, you just want to throw up in your mouth remember that that frustration that that anger is how we wake up to what is present in our body and the initial impulse is simply to say no 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 is to reject 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 and certain things should be rejected obviously certain views certain bigotry certain re- obviously we would re- but but we cannot reject people when we are all part of the same body and so you own the integrity of the whole body, the, the oneness and the seamless unity of the whole thing, while at the same time, there are certain things that we need to leave behind that are deeply destructive to the life of our body. Now, uh, a couple more thoughts about waking up. Waking up can be really awkward because suddenly you're not sleeping, and when you realize that you that that you're no longer sleeping in your wide awake, there's anger, there's disorientation. Uh, there can easily be a hopeless, helpless dynamic in play. Uh, some just go ah, oh, I don't. There's just like ah, oh, I'm just going to move to Canada. Or there's a terror that the whole thing is actually falling apart. Uh, so so just remember, waking can be awkward. It can be awkward. And the truth is. Uh, A lot of people have been discussing Game of Thrones. You with me? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, right? You know this phenomenon, you're at a party and the conversation is cruising along And then somebody starts mentioning the TV show that they've been Netflixing recently. And then somebody else talks about their HBO pass and have you seen The Wire season five? And then someone says, have you seen Togetherness? And someone says, oh my word, you should see Catastrophe. And then someone else says, oh man, you've got to see. And then all of a sudden the energy, have you seen this? The energy rises when people start talking about television shows they're watching. So uh, we have been discussing television shows and all of a sudden a man used Twitter and red hats, and his president, and his firing off executive orders, lots of people have been sleeping and comfortable. So remember, the wake-up might be a little disruptive, a bit like being woken up when you've been in a deep sleep. Yeah, yeah, you're, we're waking up, and we're waking up and realizing, oh, this thing could turn quickly. If we fall asleep, people may do things, and then we're playing catch-up. So uh, waking up can be awkward, uh, but it can also be awesome. The day after the election, high school students here in L.A. were marching. High school students. When in your lifetime were high school students walking out the front door of the school to march because they realize what's at stake, let alone uh, the women's march? which is anything more impressive than those overhead shots of women. Or some of the speeches. Are you kidding me? So good. So inspiring. So courageous. So moral. So just. Um, People are marching. They're protesting in airports. Uh, We were watching... American Idol a couple years ago, right? That's what people were talking about. Who won? And now people are standing up and realizing if you fall asleep, really destructive things may happen. And so we all need to wake up. So for every one of you who has seen this as a time of terror and anxiety and stress, st- just get out a piece of paper and start writing down all the amazing things that are happening. You go to a party now and somebody mentions immigration, somebody mentions the environment, somebody mentions education, and now the discussion isn't just some stories on television. The the, the discussion is about the actual world that we have responsibility to steward. Ah, oh, my word, seriously, my friends. This could get really, re- this is getting really, really, really compelling and interesting, let alone the resurgence of journalism. Because, see, what happened with the internet is anybody could say anything. And it was so exciting because all of a sudden anybody could broadcast. And so a Facebook page became a broadcast platform because that's what it is a public broadcast platform. And so all of a sudden, every knucklehead and brother-in-law could just post anything, just some weird quote that was a, not even true, that somebody reported as news, that somebody else said is fact, and all of a sudden we have this new phrase, fake news. Now, historically, news, and this is not a bad or good, this is simply historically, there was something called journalism, which is good. And journalism, there was an editor and the editor assigned pieces to writers and journalists, investigative reporters, and they had to have sources and they had to cite their sources and evidence had to be corroborated and an editorial board made decisions about the soundness of what was being reported because the worst thing that could happen in the world of journalism is that you would report something that wasn't true and so there was all sorts of fact checking, there was all sorts of double checking, there was all sorts of standards and accountability and, and in the internet there was this excitement well anybody can say anything and this is what happens when anybody can say anything is people say things that are ridiculous and not true and all of a sudden people become misinformed they they, they might even become dumber and so so I I think one of the things that, one of the things you're seeing right now is you're seeing people reclaim oh this this is why journalists talk with such, dignity and nobility about their craft is we need people who are actually have some integrity and some morality and have some journalistic standards. So, so one of the things you're going to see is you're going to see you're going to see the resurgence of actual news. And if the president actually bans and cuts off access of certain news outlets, it's going to make it even more important That we have actual sound news so one of the things you're seeing right now is people have just sort of news as entertainment no no i we need actually need news and uh this new phrase people are using alternative facts we're realizing how important it is in a democracy for the thriving of our body that we have actual accurate information available to us and it's going to become more Important than ever, and when people send you nonsense on Facebook, you're gonna see people rise in their sense of no, don't send me that nonsense. It's not helping. it's not helping. It's not helping. yeah, this uh, this this is a new day, and waking up can be awkward, but it can also be awesome because you realize you've been sleeping and you realize it's not good enough, and you realize everybody needs to step in just a little bit here and learn and learn what's been, and then, and, and I, and the thing that to me could get really interesting is for many people, spiritual leaders uh, spoke about quote unquote spiritual things. And I've even heard like spiritual leaders with big followers say things like, Oh no, I don't talk about politics. Uh, I don't get political. I just talk about the heart. What, (laughs) what, or in the tradition I come from, I don't talk about politics. I just talk about Jesus and people's hearts. Oh, don't eat Okay, get me started on this. <laughs> the Gospels are deeply subversive political documents. Jesus' message... Jesus was not executed because he was nice, and he taught people how to worry, and he gave them... not how to not worry, and he gave them free bread. He was executed as an enemy of the state because his good news was a political threat to the entrenched systems of power. We're actually going to talk about that in the next couple of episodes. I want to talk about counter-narrative, counter-myth, and the importance of understanding what is happening at a larger level in our culture when it comes to unifying narrative, and how the only way you upend a unifying narrative that is destructive is with a counter-narrative, which is essentially what Jesus is doing and the Gospels are doing as they're telling a counter myth to the, the, the narrative of the Roman empire. And when you do that, sometimes you get killed because those in power have a vested interest in staying in power. We'll talk about that next. I'm getting ahead of myself, but for spiritual leaders to continue to claim that somehow there's this higher ground and they're not going to actually speak out against some of this horrific insanity is, is such a profound lack of courage And you're going to see people realizing that that whole, we just talk about spiritual things, we don't talk. No, the personal is political. The personal and the political are spiritual. Everything is spiritual. And how we think about our Muslim friends and how we understand the poor and how we understand truth and how we hold ourselves together is all deeply spiritual. It's deeply, deeply spiritual. And you're seeing people waking up to this. Yeah, waking up can be awkward, but it can also be awesome. So for every one of you who's found yourself losing a little sleep, found yourself on sort of high alert, you're like on DEFCON 4, you've found yourself with a low level or a high level of anxiety, you've said to your partner, friends, coworkers, I don't know, I just you've had an unease. Um, yeah, this is, this is when we wake up and we grow up and we step up and uh, new things begin to take root. How many of you you have already been thinking about the next presidential election? Of course, because suddenly you're like, wait, this matters, I'm gonna pay attention more. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. How many of you found yourself marching, thinking I didn't march before, now I'm marching, now I'm protesting, now I'm sending, yes, of course you are, yes. How is that going to be anything other than good? How is that going to lead to anything other than greater ownership, greater responsibility, and man, excitement. This is really, really, it's actually quite exciting in the midst of all of the complete insanity. My friends, I want to give you one more mantra, something to say. When you find yourself just absolutely repulsed, you just threw up in your mouth over what that press secretary said, you can't believe that these things, just say to yourself, this is my body. This is our body. Don't run from it. Don't fall prey to the tactics um, that are so easy to fall prey to. Violence, misnaming, demonizing the other. This is our body. This is our body. Our body's got some toxins, it's got some disease, it's got some poisons, this is our body. This is our body. Grace and peace, my friends.